James chapter 1, we're going to read verses uh, 2 through 4. We're going to talk about diverse temptations this morning. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Uh, Do you consider trials to be obstacles or opportunities? Uh, Each trial that we face, or uh, the word that's used here in our text this morning, temptation, uh, a trying is an opportunity, really. Uh, Oftentimes it's how we respond uh, that gets us in trouble, Um, especially when you're talking about temptations, uh, when we're drawn away of our own lust, the Word of God tells us. Uh, But listen, if we would adjust our perspective on why God allows testing in our lives, probably respond properly more often. What's the proper response? Joy. Rejoicing in these things. Count it all joy when you fall into these things. And uh, oftentimes that's not the case. We're uh, quick to flip out the poochie lip. Boy, things didn't go my way. So we start... We're getting a little disgruntled. We get frustrated about those things. Uh, but we need to be careful about that. Uh, do you face trials readily or do you try to escape them? Oftentimes we're looking for the quick way out. Uh, but the Word of God tells us that we are to endure. I promise, brother, my phone's out of the way. So we don't, we're not sure why this mic keeps cutting out, but um, hopefully we can figure it out soon. Uh, Anyway, James exhorts us to to face these things with patience uh, that we may develop and want for nothing. Uh, That sounds like a pretty good state. Uh, To be in a position to where you're perfect, you're entire, you're complete, and you want for nothing. Uh, I would sure love to be there. Um, uh, And the Word of God tells us we can get there, uh, but it's a process, and But typically, we don't respond properly. We miss these opportunities to grow uh, because we go through those things. And maybe sometimes we have a repeat trial or repeat circumstance because our response to that situation wasn't proper. Uh, We Maybe we got frustrated. We didn't enjoy in those things. And so we didn't learn things. Or sometimes maybe we're facing a difficulty. We'll use financial uh, for example, maybe we have a financial setback, and what do we do? We just solve it with credit card. We want that quick fix. And so what happens? We, we may face that again because we didn't go through it patiently and learn what God wanted us to learn through that. Uh, listen, this morning, we need to let patience have our perfect work. Uh, go through those things and, and really seek God and ask God to help us through those times. And so, listen, temptations or trying is inevitable. Look at what verse 2 says. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Uh, But before we... Actually, let me back up here. I kind of got ahead of my notes. Uh, Based on the context here, the temptations that we see uh, are not really the ones that oftentimes we uh, think of as a a sense of allurement to sin. Uh, He he deals with that a little bit later in this same chapter here. We'll look at that uh, in in the coming weeks. Uh, but the context here is, is really leading us to uh, the temptations here are the trials or distresses of any kind 
that test and purify our character. And, and God's using circumstances in our life. No doubt it can be temptations, right, to sin. Those are testings. Those are times, and, and we need to respond proper to that. But Genesis 22 gives us some insight into this type of temptation, I believe. Uh, Genesis 22, 1 and 2 says this, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering upon uh, one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. But later on in this same chapter in James, it says that God's not tempted with evil, and neither tempteth he any man. And so God wasn't tempting Abraham here uh, in, in an evil way. It was a trying of his faith. And so this morning, when we talk about uh, these t- diverse temptations, that's the emphasis that, that we're on this morning, is those things that challenge us and really challenge our character and how we're going to respond to those things. Uh, are we going to respond in, in patience and how God wants us to respond? Uh, God's not tempting us to do evil, but he does allow temptation or trials in our life to grow us. Um, in, you can look at verses 13 and 14, uh, or actually, sorry, chapter 5 uh, kind of brings some light on these types of temptations. Uh, in verses 13 and 14 in chapter 5, it talks about that there are those that are afflicted and those that are sick. Uh, every possible trial to the child of God is an opportunity to be perfected and conformed to the image of Christ. God allows these things in our life, sickness, afflictions, to help us bring us closer to him and draw us closer to the image of Christ. Uh, and, and this morning, I, I think I say this all the time, and, and it ought to be our earnest desire to be more like Christ. Um, I know this week I was tested. I, there were some challenges in our family this week. Um, <clears throat> significant burdens. Um, things that you don't want to face. How do you respond? Uh, do you ask God for strength and, and, and support to get through those things, or do you just throw your hands up and quit? Um, and, and so kind of back, to, now let me get back to where I was. I kind of got ahead of myself. I just want to clarify the type of temptations we're, we're really thinking and focusing on this morning. But it says this, it says, when you fall into diverse temptations, when, not if, they're coming. Uh, you're probably in some now. Uh, you face some this week. Uh, listen, Monday's going to bring some new ones. I know it does for me. Uh, it seems like every Monday there's some clown at work that, you know, they need something. And the big thing right now is the air show. You know, hopefully you go enjoy the air show. It's coming up in May. And, uh, but it creates a lot of frustrations for those people that have to execute that thing. Um, uh, but listen, it's not a matter of if these are going to happen. There will be challenges. There will be temptations. There will be trials, afflictions. Listen, there's going to be illnesses in life uh, that God allows to come. And so listen, just accept it this morning that there will be difficult days ahead, challenging days. And no matter, I can't explain to you what it will be for you. I don't even know what it's going to be for myself, but they're coming. Um, <clears throat> without exception, each of us will face them. Uh, without exception. Jesus warned of trials in John 16, 
These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. It's coming. You shall have tribulation. The Lord tells us that. Romans 8, 35 and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, in all these things uh, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we, get, we find comfort that, that God will be there with us as we go through these, but they're coming. Uh, we, we are not going to avoid it. Uh, <clears throat> and it says we fall into, oftentimes unexpectedly. Have you ever stepped in a gopher hole? You know, I know folks that have. We'd be out. We'd be out. This is my English goodness. Anyway, you're out playing some sports. Uh, when I was in Japan, we would play gator ball. Anybody know what gator ball is? So gator ball is amazing. It's you soccer, but like football. You can pick it up and carry it. Um, and you can play. Huh? Way more convenient, right? So um, soccer players don't like it because it's rough. You can tackle people and and things like that. But you get out on the gator ball field and you step in a hole and you twist your ankle. uh, You weren't expecting that. And and the trials in life can be similar. You're just going along doing your thing. And next thing you know, you've fallen into a circumstance or a situation that was uh, not what you were expecting. Uh, Listen, when you fall into these things, I don't think too many of us have fallen completely into a hole entirely. But listen, you ever when you think of that, you fall into this thing and you're encompassed about. You think of Joseph when he was cast into that pit. You know, I mean, talk about a trial and you're just, that thing is totally surrounding your entire being. Uh, and you're unable to do anything about it. You can't escape it. Have you ever been, have you ever felt surrounded by trouble? Um, every time the phone rings or a knock comes at the door, there's just one more thing to add to the list of of the challenges, uh, of the trials, of the difficulties you're facing. Listen, this morning, the child of God will face trials. Uh, They're going to fall upon you. You're going to fall into them. Um, And and it's coming. They're inevitable. So our response to it is that much more important. Because you can't avoid it. Uh, So don't waste a lot of time trying to circumvent the issues and the matters that come up in our lives, but you have to figure out how to handle them and to deal with them as you go through them. Uh, trials, and, and verse 2 gives us a little glimpse in, or, or verse yeah 2 says, count it all joy when you fall into these things. So what is the proper response to these things that come in our lives? Joy. Rejoicing. Uh, that's easier said than done. I can get up here and say that all day long. It's easy. But when you're faced with that phone call that your loved one, or maybe it's a doctor's call for you that you have a severe illness, or the death of a loved one, or whatever challenge may be, you get the pink slip at work. Whatever those trials or, or those difficulties that come up, 
uh, it's a lot easier to say it, but when you experience it at that moment. And so listen, we, in the military, we talk about readiness and being ready. Uh, and, and having a mindset of readiness. And so we do battle drills and we do these things. I've been, I don't know how many times I've been to the range. Uh, I know there's some folks in the church here that were in the Air Force that was kind of like the Chair Force. Um, but there's different arming groups in the Air Force, A, B, and C. And depending on uh, your job, you shoot a little more frequently than others. You shoot M4, M9. Uh, I think it's M19 now. We have a new uh, sidearm. But um, <clears throat> countless times you go to the to the range, and it's not because I forgot everything I knew about the M4 last time, but it's to help keep my proficiency up. And I don't have to look at the weapon to know where the magazine release is or the bolt catch is or all those things. It just it becomes natural because I've done it so much. And so, listen, we need to mentally prepare ourselves that, hey, trials are coming. What's the right response? To throw our hands up and quit? To get frustrated? No, it's, it's joy. That's hard. Uh, but if we mentally prepare ourselves for it, it makes it a little easier. And, and listen, when it happens to me, oftentimes I just, a moment of prayer. Lord, I need your help. Not what I wanted. Uh, Lord, thank you for this. Help me. Uh, and uh, listen, joy is the proper response. Trials are cause for rejoicing. Uh, we, we would do well to get that uh, in, our, in our minds. And our lack of understanding that often gets us grumbling in our trials rather than rejoicing in them. But if we would understand, look at this, verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of our faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work that you may perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There's a reason for these things, and it's taking us to a better state. And that's what causes us to rejoice. Not necessarily that the situation is difficult, and I love it, but what is God doing through this circumstance to bring me more like Christ? That's what we can rejoice in, knowing that God is doing the work. Uh, nobody wants to get their wisdom teeth out, but they tell me. I saw a bind. That's why I'm so smart. But... Um, <laughs> um, they tell me you're better off without them. So nobody wants to go through that process, but if you get them ripped out of your face, then you're good in the long run. So the benefit outweighs the cost, if you will, or the, the process to, to get those things out. I think Joseph is a great example of someone who took hard knocks yet continues to rejoice and serve as God. Um, God is sovereign over the events of our life, both good and bad. We would do well to remember that. Uh, Joseph reminded his brothers that he had been working through it all to preserve life. Turn to Genesis 45. If, you could, if we could get a hold of this truth here this morning, I think it would change our perspective when we deal with challenges in our life. Genesis 45, verses 5 through 9. Now, therefore, be not. Now, this is Joseph. He's revealed himself to his brothers. Uh, in verse 3, it says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. So he, he's revealed himself uh, as being the brother that they had sold uh, to the Ishmaelites. Uh, and 
So in verse 5, we'll pick it up here. It says, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before unto preserve life. God sent him, he said. He wasn't focused on the ill that his brothers had done to him. He was focused on what God had done in his life and brought him to this point. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Verse 6, For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be ear, uh, earring nor harvest, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Verse 8, So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. If we could get a hold of that truth this morning, it would change our perspective on every trial that we face in our lives. God allowed it. God brought it. Joseph acknowledges that God sent him. Now listen, God could have given him a chariot and given him a ride down to Egypt. But that's not how God worked. God brought him through Severe challenges and difficulties in prison time. We're talking significant problems and troubles that most of us have no idea because we haven't experienced anything like that. I've never been sold into slavery, imprisoned, falsely accused. Uh, those are significant trials and challenges, I would say. I get frustrated because I deal with boneheads at work. <laughs> Listen, but his perspective was but God. All of these things had taken place in my life. It, but God was doing a work. And so listen this morning. Acknowledge it to be so that God is working in your life. Whatever, whether it's a good circumstance or a bad circumstance, God is doing a work. Uh, but God. Allow God to do that work. If we remember those two words, it would help us through our trials even when others may not have our best interest in mind. We deal with those people constantly, it seems like. His brothers were not concerned with his interests. Uh, but he was looking to God. God causes all things to work together for good. Do you believe that? Uh, and then in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, when, uh, when Joseph's father comes and, and he's talking to his father, it says this in verse 20, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God, he's talking about his brothers. This is when his, he's revealing himself to his dad. But meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. There might be people that don't have our interests in, in mind at all. They, they actually uh, hope evil for us. But God can do the good through that circumstance. And so that's why we can face these things rejoicing. Not because it's fun to sit in a prison cell but because you know God is doing a work. Uh, <clears throat> we can rejoice knowing that God is always with us, even through the hardest times. Excuse me, Jesus promised his disciples when he commissioned them, he said this, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He says, Behold, perceive this, understand this, be aware of this, I am going to be with you always. Unto the end of the earth. So those challenges that you're facing, those trials that you're facing, rejoice in knowing that God is doing a work, but that he's with you there in that. 
in the midst of that. Sometimes it feels lonely. Uh, Listen, and I'm telling you this morning, he's there even when you don't feel like he's there. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, the word of God tells us. He has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. He has not given up on you. Rejoicing knowing that he's continuing a work in your life and that he is there with you. He's there every step of the way. And I can't emphasize it enough, even when you don't feel like it. The world may forsake us. Our friends may forsake us. Listen, sometimes a spouse may forsake a spouse. But listen, our God will never do that to you. So no matter what the difficulty you're facing, He's there. Rejoice in that. Uh, Glory in that. God will never allow trials to be more than we can bear. Boy, that, that, uh, like I said, the phone rings, the knock at the door, the, uh, the boss comes in, whatever the situation is. Listen, it's never more than you can handle. And so, lean on him. He will make a way. Uh, it's when we try to solve it in our flesh and in our own selves uh, that we feel hopeless and we're unable to, to get through it. He always allows those things for a purpose. Do you believe that? It's not random. You know, nobody's picking trials out of a jar to, oh, well, this one's for uh, Brother Brock this week. That one's for you. And uh, God knows what's taking place. He's sovereign and he sees it. Uh, And he's allowed it uh, for your good. Listen, God allows trials in our life temporarily. It's all temporal. Um, Today you may be saying, my life is one big fat trial. Listen, you might be right to a certain extent. But I'm here to tell you it's temporary. If you're in Christ, it's temporary. 2 Corinthians 4 Verse 14 through 18, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up all, excuse me, raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things for your sakes that ye, or that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen, our trials are temporal. 1 Peter 3 or 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through your manifold temptations." That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, 
excuse me, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Listen this morning, the challenge that you face is temporary. Hallelujah. I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care how challenging it is. I don't care how long it's been. It's temporary. The Lord will remove it someday. Don't forget to keep your eyes on Christ as you face difficulties in life. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's what Christ did. He was looking at the eternal, not the immediate. And we need to be careful that when we're facing these trials, we don't just focus on the things that are here. But we need to set our affection on things above. We need to have that heavenly mindset, if you will. That God is allowing these things for our good. We have a joy unspeakable and full of glory coming someday. It might not be this week. It might not be this month or year. But listen, your problems are temporary. The Lord will bring relief. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How do you respond to trials? Joy and rejoicing in them. Similar to chastisement, it's not necessarily enjoyable, but if you understand it is for your good, you can joy in tribulations. Hebrews 12, 11 says this, Now no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. We must be exercised by trials to gain the benefits. You might say nothing comes easy. Uh, We don't like to exercise, and it shows, right? Physically sometimes. But I'm afraid oftentimes in in our spiritual lives, it's the same. We don't like to face those trials and, and impatiently endure those things and rejoice in those things. And so oftentimes we miss out on the benefit of what God's trying to do and to teach us. Because we're not willing to go through that exercising. That treadmill run. Ugh. So. Listen, trials are productive. They're productive. Trials test the strength of our faith. The trying of our faith in verse 3, it says there, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, most don't like to exercise. There's weirdos out there. You know, they, just, they like it. Um, I mean, I like the benefits of it. After I go for a run, I feel great. But getting myself to the point to putting my shoes on and actually running, uh, the older I get, it's harder and harder to bring myself to that. But, um, <clears throat> but for our faith to grow, it must be tested. The trying of your faith works patience, and to develop patience brings maturity. Do you truly desire to be a more mature Christian, to be more like Christ? Uh, Then 
you have to glory in these tribulations or these temptations because that's how you get there. It's productive. It's for our good. But let patience have our perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Perfect there means to be complete. And then entire, it's kind of a similar thing, but it says uh, entire is complete in every part. Uh, when we allow patience to work, we can come to a state of lacking nothing. That's a desirable state, I would say. To be at a place where uh, your desire, you, you are want for nothing. They bring spiritual maturity. Job 23.10 says this, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. We're going to move quickly here this morning. Trials enhance our prayer life. Psalm 3, 1 through 4. O Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many uh, there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Listen, trials are productive. Uh, it draws us to God. This week I prayed more than I typically do because I was facing some issues. Um, I, I made special effort to pray more this week. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the trial. It would have just been another week. But my prayer life was developed because of the trial. Listen, God is doing a work when he brings these things into our life. He, he wants you to be drawn closer to him. Uh, Psalm 4.3 goes on there a little bit. It says, but know that the Lord hath set, set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Psalm 17.5-9. Hold up my goings in the past that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous love and kindness, O thou that savest by the right hand them which put their trust in thee, <clears throat> for those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. Do you turn to God in trials? Do you look to him in prayer? Uh, trials develop our humility. Deuteronomy 8.2 And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. There is no trial or proving that's just accidental. God is doing a work. It will bring humility in our lives. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Sometimes we need to be humbled. And God allows something in our lives to keep us humble. Listen, I... I mean, imagine the revelation that Paul received. And I know the tendency in my self would be to, you have any idea what God's revealed to me? Let me tell you. But 
the Apostle Paul was given something in his flesh that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. Uh, listen, trials, uh, listen, cause us to look eagerly for our heavenly hope. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. Listen, it causes us to think of on uh, spiritual things and holy things. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is trials are productive. Don't try to avoid them. Learn something from each one that God has put in your life. He's doing something to draw you closer to Him. Uh, we can in, increase our strength for future usefulness, really. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. 2 Corinthians 12.10 Trials enable us to help others through their trials. Sometimes we've, I can't tell you how many times I face something. I'm like, I have no idea why I'm dealing with this. And then I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, I, I just went through this. Let me tell you how the Lord worked in my life. Luke 22, 31 and 32 says this, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us with all tribulation, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble for the comfort, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Sometimes you may have faced something just for the sole purpose to be a blessing to someone else. And if you don't have the right perspective, you might get a little bitter or frustrated about that. But listen, God has not allowed anything in your life by accident. So whether it's for your personal development and benefit that he's allowed that, or for you to help someone else, listen, glory in that. Rejoice in that God is allowing you to go through those things. Listen, if you're not facing trials, you're dead. That's enough to joy in, right? The life, being alive. You guys are half dead this morning. Nobody, oh, uh, so... So as, as we conclude this, Matthew Henry wrote this in, uh, about this verse talking about being perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It says, when the work of patience is complete, then the Christian is entire and nothing will be wanting. It will furnish us with all that is necessary for our Christian race and warfare and will enable us to preserve to the end and <clears throat> then its work will be ended and crowned with glory. After we have abounded in other graces... We have need of patience, but let patience have its perfect work, and we shall be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There is no cheap trick to get the end result. There's no way around it. You've got to face the challenges. You have to face the temptations and the trials and the difficulties. And if we face them with the joy, understanding that the Lord's going to bring us out better on the other side, That's about, I mean, that's, that's the definition of the Christian life almost, right? That, I mean, glorying in the Lord and what he's doing in your life through all the circumstances. I still think it would be weird if somebody said, well, praise God, I got cancer. It just doesn't sound right. It sounds weird to us, but the reality is 
that ought to be our testimony. And listen, even if we don't fully understand why we have it, but praise God because I know He's doing something here. Uh, That's a hard thing to do. It's work. Our flesh doesn't like work. And so listen this morning. Go to the Lord and ask Him to help you as you face your trials to look to the purpose of what He's doing through that circumstance to bring you closer to Him and to help others. Let's pray.